With 80% of the youth who grow up in a Christian home walking away from Christianity, this leaves behind a lot of broken-hearted parents in the wake. We recently did a poll on Instagram and we were asking the question, trying to find out, you know, what do you think? And the results are actually in now. I've got the results in. Question number one, we asked, do you personally know someone who has walked away from church and or Christianity? 98% of you said yes. 2% of you said no, you did not. So a lot of you know people who have walked away from church or Christianity. Question number two we asked was, do you personally know of a parent who feels guilt over a prodigal child? And 71% of you said yes, and 29% of you said no. Then we asked this, said, have you struggled with knowing how to help someone who has left Christianity? And 90% of you said yes, and only 10% of you said no. So today we want to actually talk to the parents of those children who've walked away and to the people who really don't know how to help someone in this situation. Uh, thank you guys, by the way, for playing along and, and answering the polls on Instagram and Facebook. If you want to do that, please go there and follow us and you can take part in next week's polls. Um, because of today's topic, I want to give away a couple books, okay? Uh, this giveaway is sponsored by our friends over at Master Books. They're one of the largest uh, content for creation research and publishing that's out there. They have tons of material. Uh, they published several years ago a book, Already Gone, and then a companion book, Already Compromised, two amazing books. Um, and... and and it was interesting to read some of the data that is in these books. And already gone, for example, they asked the question or, or gave the stat, those who don't believe in the biblical accounts that the Bible is true, 39.8%, almost 40% began doubting the Bible in middle school. 43.7% started doubting the Bible in high school. And then only 11%, 10.6% had their first doubts during college. So it showed us something that I don't think the church was very aware of. A lot of these doubts are starting all the way back in middle school, wondering if what they're being taught is actually true. And out of the young adults who used to attend church regularly, 95% attended throughout elementary school, 55% attended through high school, and 11% attended during early college. Page 107 and 108 of Already Gone, they actually give the stats to show that 82% uh, of these young adults said they didn't believe the Bible or the biblical, biblical accounts based on biblical authority. And that's, that's really uh, a sad state to see where we're at today. Um, I want to give away a couple copies of this book. We've got people joining us that are our creation partners. Thank you guys for being here live on with me and for commenting. I see your comments coming in. So thank you guys so much for commenting with us. Hey, if you want this book, Creation Today Partners, one of the ladies over there in that office is going to pick your name. But in order to pick your name, you just got to comment, I want that book in the comment, in the chat. I'll see it right here, but the ladies will pick that out. By the way, shout out to Joe from Missouri. Thank you for being one of our Creation Today Partners. And Stephen from Pennsylvania. 
Thank you so much. We love partnering with you. And Eric in South Africa, uh, I was watching our stats yesterday and we had 120 people at a time on the Creation Today website, just around the world, just learning information on the different articles, on the different blogs and on the different videos. So it's just really encouraging. Uh, to our social media, by the way, YouTube and Facebook and Instagram, and to all our podcast listeners out there now, uh, podcast, you don't get in on this. I'm sorry. Hey, ladies, we need to figure out a way to get the podcast listeners in on this one. So sorry, you're not there now, but we're live on YouTube and Facebook right now. So for you guys, if you want the already gone and the already compromised book, uh, I'd encourage you to uh, beg and grovel in the comments. You're trying to impress three ladies in an office. So whatever you got to talk about, how pretty they are or whatever, just do that. And you got to include the phrase, I want that book and make sure that phrase is included. And uh, they're going to pick somebody. So by the time we have to leave you guys here in just about 20 minutes, 25 minutes, you're going to have, we're going to have a winner and we'll give this book away. All right. So excited about that. A great book. Uh, if you want to get that, please, please comment. I want that book. Now, today's conversation is, is, is a little bit different than what I've done in the past. A lot of times I find myself and we find ourselves as a ministry speaking directly to the students who've walked away, to the children who've walked away from Christianity. And today's conversation is really more for the parent of a prodigal, not the prodigal. And it was fascinating because as we just simply let people know and advertised on social media about this conversation that I was going to have with my former youth pastor, we had a lot of individuals commenting that were the prodigals and that were saying, here's why I left and here's what I did. And I found it interesting because here they are reaching out. They're, they're, they're reaching out. And I, I, I can't help but read into that a little bit. You know, why would you come back and comment uh, Benjamin was saying, hey, it's your creation teaching that leads us to question the Bible, you know, and conservative Christians can be so blind to science. And that's why, you know, you need to accept science in the natural world. And, and so I found myself going, man, I, I love talking to you. And we've got an entire website and most of our podcasts and videos are, are all associated with, uh, with that kind of conversation. But I really want to talk about the parents that are left in the wake, the destruction that's that's kind of behind because they're kind of quiet. A lot of times they can find themselves somewhat subdued by your, I'll call it radical sometimes, in many cases, behavior. Sometimes it's not radical, it's just a disagreement. But I wanna to talk to you parents out there because I get it. I've talked to many of you on the phone. I have felt, I, I have sat in my office and cried on the phone over the stories that I've heard from parents telling me how they've raised their kid where their child is at now, and wondering what to do. Well, I recently heard uh, my former youth pastor, Dr. Jeff Redlin, who's now the pastor of Campus Church, give a message that, that was just so on point. I called him and said, would you be willing to have a conversation with me about and to parents of prodigals? I mean, this is this is like a second dad to me. I love Pastor Jeff Redlin. Pastor Redlin, thank you so much for coming and hanging out with me today. I appreciate it. Eric, anytime we have opportunity to be together, I always go away enriched. So I know we're not like, you know, having a cup of coffee, but it's great to spend some time with you. Well, you have had so many um, opportunities as a youth pastor for 15 years, as a pastor out in Colorado as a pastor here uh, at a ministry that has lots of parents and lots of young people. 
you've had an opportunity to walk through both. Well, you've had an opportunity to walk through pretty much any and every scenario you can imagine. And um, I, I want to address the the prodigals and what's kind of what they're thinking and what your advice is for the parents of those children. But before we do, I thought it'd be fun if we did a little uh, little bit called a walk down memory lane. Wow. Pastor Edlin, you uh, you were my youth pastor from really fifth grade all the way through senior high, and I got so many memories of you. I wanted to just kind of walk down memory lane and share one that I thought was kind of fun. I remember, and you yeah. got to think of one while I'm telling my story, okay? Yeah, okay. I remember uh, going to your house, and we were working on your electrical right there at your house, and we're yes, trying to yeah, yeah, yeah. get something wired up. Yeah. And I remember telling you, hey, we can't touch this right here. Yeah. <laughs> and then... It seemed like somewhere around 30 seconds later, um, I, I apparently touched that right there and it blew me from your electrical (laughs) panel back up against your dryer. And I hit the floor wondering, did I touch it? I didn't have to wonder anymore. I touched the wire. I remember getting shocked working on your electrical. That was so funny. I actually remember that, you know, very well. (laughs) That was an you know, pardon the pun, but an electrifying moment that we shared together. <laughs> it was indeed. Did yeah, I just okay, kill so one here's, of my here's my walk down memory lane. Okay, this was when you and one of your dear friends uh, in high school were actually um, making yourself even more memorable, you know, unforgettable. unforgettable. Uh, so what, what I noticed at my house, you weren't there, but immediately I had to know I know who this is. You know, you weren't at my home at the time, but I started to notice, I was living in Pensacola, started to notice that there was grass growing in my front yard during a time in the season where grass in Pensacola actually goes dormant. And that meant that something strange had happened. And then, you know, as the days go by, not only was there grass growing in my front yard, but it was very limited. It was growing in a specific pattern. And (laughs) It's actually spelling something in my front yard through, through some grass that had, strangely enough, I mean, this must have been some evolutionary moment where <laughs> it just happened in a special way over, over defying all the odds. And uh, do you remember what you spelled in my front God yard? spoke to you, Pastor Edlin, directly yeah. through the nature of, of the world. <laughs> That's, that had to be what it was. I remember. Oh, man. Yeah. Chris Jarsensky, who I hope is watching yeah. this, who is yeah. now a pastor. We, we, were, we were glad you shared a good story and not a bad one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we spelled high P-R yes. and then really big across your yard. We went ahead and put Chris's name right in your front yard, Chris, <laughs> right there in, in rye grass so that it's like, yes. what do you do? How do you, yeah. how do you fix that? It, that you was, really don't. Yeah, you just <laughs> mow. And wait for spring to come. That's exactly how it uh, I love that one, by the way. Great prank, guys. If you want to do something and maybe get away with it, ryegrass yeah. spelling in the yard. Yeah, great just prank. not in my front yard. Yeah. <laughs> not, I, 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 wouldn't, I, I wouldn't dare. You wouldn't know. Yeah. I wouldn't, wouldn't dare. Well, you have walked through so many people, or walked with so many people through, honestly, some of the most difficult times, I dare say, the most difficult times of their life. And 
And the idea of raising a child to understand the truth, giving them all the evidence, doing all the memorization, and then uh, them rejecting that truth is indeed heartbreaking, especially knowing the consequences. Uh, when you really truly believe what the consequences are, <sighs> I just kind of want to say, can you can you give us your advice? Yeah. Well, first of all, I think it's important for us to remember that God created us as free moral agents. So that's a loving God. You know, that is a a God who doesn't hold, so to speak, the, the knife to your throat or the gun to your head to say that you have to believe this. I mean, how gracious is God to extend to his own creation an opportunity to choose or reject, to yeah. um, make a path, create a way. And every person's responsible to do that. And every person has the God-given right to do that. So, you know, we begin by saying no one has to follow God. Oh, I, I'm convinced, and I think that the, you know, what God has presented to us is overwhelmingly um, everywhere. I mean, you, you can't look and not see the good hand of God, but you get to choose that. So, first of all, we do understand that God's given every person the ability to choose. And so if a person's watching today and they say, well, I, I, I was brought up in that way, but I've rejected it. Well, that's okay. You know, you, you don't have to follow God. I find it interesting. Sometimes the, the anger that someone might generate because they don't want anyone to follow God. Well, I, I'm, I'm saying I, I give you every right to choose. Um, and God has graciously given me that same right to choose, and I choose to follow him. And as parents, we also have to understand that our children were given the same choice as we were. They, they have to choose, and them choosing is a far better conclusion than us choosing for them. And I think one of the challenges that we have as parents is we want to make a lot of choices for our kids. You know, I mean, just think about that. If you if you could choose this and this and this for your child, you you would choose it. And we do that early on. We're making a lot of choices for our kids. But sometimes we want to continue to make those choices and it's not ours to make. So our kids have to make choices. And um, and so I think that's where we begin. We begin with the understanding we are free moral agents before God. Everyone has to make a choice, a choice that I will follow. But Joshua said it this way. I mean, you know, Joshua said, listen, you're going to have to choose the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, um, the gods of your fathers. He says, but listen, I've made a choice. As for me, my house, those that are in my household, this is what we're going to do. We're going to serve the Lord. Yeah. So that same choice is, is given to our children to make and to all mankind. So we begin there. That's, that's where I'd say, in your mind, know that everybody gets to make that choice. And for the parents that are watching, I, 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 I'm gonna let you answer this, Pastor Edlin, so I don't have to say this. Uh, do you and have you seen parents that don't allow that transition to take place uh, at the appropriate times in life? I get it, there's appropriate times, but have you seen uh, both this happen and the results of it when, when when children, as they're being raised up, aren't given the ability to start making those own decisions, especially while they're still under our roof, 
What are your yeah. thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that that is a really challenging transition to make. Our kids are brought into the world and they have every dependence upon their parents imaginable, every dependence. And, and we circle, our lives circle around our children. I mean, everything circles around that child. It's why we hit what sometimes we call the terrible twos, you know, because, because the, they cease to become the center of the universe. Okay. I mean, if they want to eat, if they want to sleep, if, I mean, they, their diapers have to be changed. We, we are everything to them. But then they start to learn the word no, okay? And now I'm, you're going you're gonna to have to learn some things that the universe doesn't circle around you. But they're still highly dependent upon us. And we can tell them no. And this is not a bad answer early on because mom said so, because dad said so, all right? But if we never transition that child from because dad said so, because mom said so, we do that child a disservice. They have to get to know the reason why, the person as to the reason why. This is, I'll simplify this, but God gave us three things to really get to know him. Precepts, those are commands. Principles that are behind every command. And then person, that's the person behind the precepts and the principles. Sometimes as parents, we don't get any further than the precepts. Okay, mm -hmm. we just stop with the command. Okay, but a kid is growing, his mind is developing, and he's going to have to know, well, okay, well, we can't do this. Well, why not? Because I said so. Well, help him go beyond that. I said so. Give him a principle for, okay, why don't we do that? Well, let me, let me give you some thoughts as to why. This is not the only way to do this, but here's why we don't do this. And, and then take it a little bit further and say, do you, know, do you know why it was wrong for you to lie? because you said so. Yes, but why else? Well, because there's a principle about truthfulness that's behind we we don't lie. You don't lie to your mom. Okay, you don't lie to your school teacher. You don't lie to why not? Well, why not? Cuz you said so. No, because there's a principle regarding truth and it's a universal principle. We every person values another person that will communicate something true to them. Well, why? because there's a person behind that principle who is the embodiment of truth. That's God. He, am I a God that I should lie? You know, God says, I, I cannot lie. I'm not a man that I should, that I should form something that's not true. We, we read it in the, the Decalogue, the commands, you know, thou shall not bear false witness. Well, why? Because God said so. But why did God say, say so? Because God is true. So that's a long answer about, you know, precepts, principles, and person, but that's where we want to, to move our children. And that's going to start at different age appropriate times. You know, there are some things that an eight-year-old can handle really well, and he can start to learn and even let him make some choices where he's going to fail or learn the consequence. Don't protect him from the consequence of that failure because he's learning like, wow, these decisions matter. And, and I'm starting, starting to see that God's built into the world consequence based on my decisions, based on who he is. So I, I hope that wasn't too much of an answer, but that's, that's where we start to work with transferring ownership of thought to our children. No, that's, I, I'm, I'm hoping you parents out there, I just got a note uh, from Amanda. She said, there's a lot of parents joining us right now on social media that 
are in this situation. And I just yeah. hang with us uh, at the end before, before we have to go. I want to pray with you guys specifically. But I hope you're taking notes because, Pastor Roland, I have found myself guilty of, of the because I said so and not getting off of that, never going deeper. Yeah. And um, that is certainly something that I want to do a better job of. So for the parents that are joining us that are like, okay, well, maybe I messed that up. I've messed that up. Is it, uh, does that mean that my, my child being a prodigal is my fault? Does that put the yeah. blame on me then for, for messing yeah. that up? Great question. Okay. First of all, everybody messes that up. Okay. <laughs> everybody messes that up. You know, I can remember asking um, my church, you know, and we, there's a lot of people in our church. Okay. So I'm saying that to say there's a lot of opportunities for someone to be the exception. But if you ask in any number of people, how many of you were the perfect parent? I mean, who's going to raise their hand to that? Who's going to say, well, you know, gratefully, I was, you know, nobody's going to say that. So there are no perfect parents, just a perfect God. And I, I've oftentimes said this, and you know, this would be true about all of us as well. I was a really good parent until we had a child. Okay, so, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, man, exactly. I, I knew how to raise everybody's children. <laughs> and I could sit in a restaurant and I could say, I'll tell you what I would do if that was my kid. Yep. You know, Been so there, I was that. a really good parent. Yeah. There's an old Spanish proverb that says, um, you know, in effect, it says that it's not the same thing to talk about bulls as it is to be in the bull ring, you know, <laughs> so you, you can talk about something, but once you jump in the bull ring, it's a different story. And um, so all of that to say that really good parents, I mean, I, I know parents that are just like, wow, they're, they're such godly parents. I can't, I'm not presuming that I know everything about these parents. But I know good parents, some of whom have really wonderful, godly children that also have children that have rejected the faith and they're living in what we refer to as a prodigal, you know, a, a way that is their own. They've walked away from something that those those parents hold as very near and dear to their heart, not just because it's like a nice tradition. Like, oh, they don't, they don't do the tree the same way we do. It's not that, you know, this, this is something that like, man, this is life and death. This is heaven and hell. This is, this is so central to who we are to see your child walk away from that. That is devastating. And I would submit it's not because they're imperfect parents. We've, we've seen children who hasn't seen children that have parents who have no faith whatsoever. But those children walk with God or those parents whose faith is a nominal faith or it's it's not a, a vibrant faith, but their children are passionate about God and parents who are passionate about God, whose children are not. So what does that tell us? You know, does that does that give us some insights into the, there's not a singular answer as to why a child would or would not walk with the Lord, you know? You're, you know, Proverbs 22, six. I mean, we all, we all go to that train, train up a, a child. child. Yes. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Okay. 
the, first of all, we should understand that that comes from the book of Proverbs, okay? Yeah. Proverbs, this is a truism. This is something that's true. But for example, is every, is every true principle in Proverbs a promise? Yeah. For example, um, Proverbs says, seest thou a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before mean men. Okay, so does that immediately mean that a person who is diligent in his business is guaranteed a standing before kings? No. Or does this mean instead that, wow, this man is the kind of man that's going to rise in his opportunities for leadership? Um, Proverbs says it this way. It says, Proverbs 16, 7, it says, when a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. Okay, so does that mean that if you are a person who pleases the Lord, you're guaranteed no enemies? Well, wow, scripture would just annihilate that thought because there yeah. were many people who were passionate about loving the Lord, but boy, they had some severe enemies. So these are, these are truths that, that we understand life works in a way that, oh, that's helpful for me to know. I, I want to be someone who's passionate about my walk with the Lord. Do you know, sometimes we create enemies because we didn't, we weren't showing the love of Christ. We weren't merciful and gracious like God is. We didn't rightly communicate him. But when I do, wow, now, now I have the potential for something that I might not have had otherwise. I, I, I will try to not give that much information for every answer, but I'm saying all of that to say, train up a child in the way he should go is not a promise that says, listen, if you're a perfect parent, you can rest assured your child is not going to depart from the way of the Lord. Who yeah. is the perfect parent? Or was I perfect enough? Um, or is there like this little meter that it's kind of like, I'm still in the green zone. I'm not perfect, but I'm in the green zone. And whoa, I'm getting into the yellow zone and, you know, horns start to sound. I'm in the red zone and I might not get this promise. That, that's not clear thinking. So for parents who are saying, I thought I trained up my child in the way he should go, or I am training up my child, or this is worse, I think. The parent that has a child walking with the Lord, in a sense, kind of wears their Proverbs 22, 6 ribbon saying, well, I, I must have trained up my child, so I got the promise. And unfortunately, you didn't train up your child. And mm -hmm. so you, I'm sorry, you didn't get the ribbon. That's very hurtful. Wow. And I don't believe it's the intent of scripture. Uh, that is a powerful thought right there for you parents just realizing the differences between a promise and a principle. And man, mm -hmm. that can be incredibly helpful for some of you because you've been feeling the guilt. You, you've had the person that has the perfect kid, you know, or seemingly perfect, you know, kind of look down on you. You felt that hypocrisy, so to speak, from, from sometimes the church, and maybe you blame the church, but the reality is there's, there's sinners all over. I love, I love your, kind of wrote it down as a grid for me. You know, you got good parents with good kids, good parents with bad kids. You got bad parents yeah. with good kids, and you got yes. bad parents yeah. with bad kids. And so you got, you got every spectrum yeah. out there. Um, I, I recently, uh, last summer, was with uh, speaking at a camp, Heartland Christian Camp, and I met a family who, out of their five children, two of them, as teenagers, don't profess Christ. Yeah. And they were actually really open with their kids and with 
uh, each other about where they were at. So yeah. I, I called up the dad. He's a, he's a chaplain in the military. Uh, his name is Dr. Clayton Diltz. And I asked him specifically about this. And I wanted to, I wanted to play just, it's, a, it's about a two and a half minute clip yeah. just of, his, of my conversation with him about his kids because he's in that situation where he's got some that are and some that aren't. And I, I won't share the whole interview right now, but I, man, if, by the way, if you want to get the whole interview, I'll be sending that out as an email. You can jump on our email uh, let's go to creationtoday.org slash sign up and get on that. And, and I'll send out that whole conversation to our list. But Ken, let's listen to what uh, Dr. Clayton had to say. Sure. Uh, summarily speaking, it breaks my heart. Uh, I wasn't raised in a Christian home. So all this of Christianity and holiness and a, a totally different lifestyle, it was contrary to how I was raised. And my wife was the same way, even in a, a darker background than I came from. And so we began, of course, before we had children, to pray for them and their salvation. And my oldest uh, daughter, Trinity, and then my youngest son, Jonathan, you could just sense their tenderness. And it brought joy to us. But of course, in between there, we have three other children. And so two of my kids, and they age range from nine to 17, my two middle kids um, reject the faith. Uh, there's, there's no other way to put it. Um, cognitively, willingly, actively reject the faith. They are the moral children in the same household that I was raised in. They don't have the spiritual animation of God's Holy Spirit and conviction of the word. And so it comes back to it. What breaks God's heart? It's the rejection of him. It's rejection of his gospel, his free gift to be forgiven. They know they're sinners. And I, I think over life, you know, we're not unique in this situation. It has been the characterization of every family since being kicked out of the Garden of Eden. Of course, we wanted our children saved yesterday. That hasn't happened for at least two of our children. We continue to pray. I, I cry with my kids and, you know, even now, I don't know if you see it, maybe you don't want to, but you know, it, <laughs> that's what gets you the most. They're the most precious gift. I didn't choose them. They didn't choose me. And the greatest thing you want for them is to know the love of your life, who is the savior. And so there's, you know, the daily weeping that they live without Christ and that hope because they know their own filthiness. They have such the beautiful and baneful blessing of a Christian bubble. I have no idea what that's like, but they have it so good, they don't know how good they got it, so they can put off and put off and put off because of the blessing, because of the blessing. The blessing without the right response is also at the same time a curse to the unregenerate because they don't recognize it. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. It's pretty moving as he cries and goes, look, I cry for my children. I'm, I'm there. Um, yeah. I want to, and I want to continue because I know you, especially listen to that message. You've got three main points you want to give, and we'll get to those in the second half. But first, let me give away uh, this book already gone. Uh, if you're on social media uh, and you want this book, uh, this is not a guarantee to get your kids to turn out right, but it does point out many of the things that are leading children and students astray and giving the reason for why they no longer uh, believe or why they no longer accept or no longer want to 
engage in church or in Christianity. Uh, once again, Master Books, thank you guys for publishing so many amazing resources to, to make this available. Um, if you don't win, don't worry, it's an ebook. You can get it really cheap at the Creation Today bookstore, okay? So just go to the Creation Today bookstore at creationtoday.org. Uh, our winner for uh, for our partners, by the way, thank you guys, your partners, I really appreciate it. Joe, you are our winner for Creation Partners today uh, on the Genesis Movie Facebook page. Steve Bailey, Steve, reach out to us in the comments or send us a message or just send me an email, erichovend at creationtoday.org and we will send you this book. Actually, you're getting both of them already gone and already compromised. And I've compromised the location of that book. I don't know where that one's at. I couldn't find it on my bookshelf. Uh, and then uh, let's see, Creation Today's Facebook page, uh, Michael Gazelle. Michael Gazelle, you're the winner of the ebook. And you can thank the ladies in there. They're the one who picked out your name. I don't know how you had to grovel or what you said to them, but uh, congratulations. And then on YouTube, David Lind, L-I-N-D, David Lind. Thanks so much uh, for hanging out with us today. Uh, I'm I'm. I'm thankful that you're getting this. I think this is something that'll be really helpful. And it's really helpful to a, to a lot of people out there. Um, I don't know if you guys realize this, on September 23rd, we launched our 100 day challenge, asking people how they plan on impacting eternity with the last 100 days of 2021. And as of right now today, there's 94 days left and the challenge is going to continue. What are you gonna do with the rest of 2021 to impact eternity? Now, if you're out there and you're honest and you're not doing much for eternity this year, let me encourage you to partner with Creation today and allow us to reach more people together with your partnership. It's because of people just like you that end up partnering with a ministry like ours that we're able to reach students and parents with truth. And so we'd consider it an honor to have your hands and your feet reach, reaching with us around the world to, to reach more people and give them the truth. You can go to creationtoday.org slash partner if you wanna partner with us in this last 100 days. Uh, and by the way, social media, before I let you go next week, got a great conversation with Dr. Andrew Schnelling uh, called Rocks Don't Bend. Uh, it's about my trip through the Grand Canyon with him this summer, 10 days on the Colorado River. Phenomenal, and the science that he's discovering there is completely rewriting geology. I mean, it is, it's, it's turning geology on its head. You're gonna wanna, wanna be there. For those of you that um, want this sermon, it was just released this past Sunday uh, on the YouTube channel, Rejoice in the Lord, that broadcasts Pastor Redland's sermons. Uh, and so I'd encourage you to go listen to that entire sermon through the Rejoice in the Lord. Pastor Redland, before we let the social media uh, people go, can I, can I ask you to just pray over the parents of prodigals that are joining us on social media right now? Absolutely. Yeah. Let's pray. Father, we're about to, as this conversation continues, talk about the urgency of, of coming with boldness before your presence and asking that which you desire more than do we. We're asking that, that, our faces would be lightened and that you would lighten the faces of our prodigals. And Lord, that happens only when there is a work of the heart that impacts a work of the spirit that changes the course of life. Lord, no more is there this animosity, no more war within, 
no more hostility. There is something that you refer to all throughout scripture is as shalom, mm. selah, rest, peace. Lord, thank you that, that the Prince of Peace, Jesus, came declaring peace. And then he offers peace that goes beyond our ability to understand. I pray right now for parents who are lacking peace. May they find first that their peace is not found in the return of their prodigal. Mm. True peace is found in the person of Jesus Christ. And that peace transcends our circumstances. And then, Lord, may, may these who have wills of their own, may their eyes be opened and may their hearts be in tuned with the one who loves them more than they could love themselves. And bring home again those who have gone astray and do so in such a way that declares your glory. Thank you that you're a God who welcomes all of us home. Lord, I am absolutely convinced there's not a person that is, that is listening to this broadcast, not a person that it, it will be shared with. Lord, there's not a person who desires to come home who will not be welcomed to the same. So bring them home, we pray. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus' name. Amen. I want to thank you guys on social media for joining us. Uh, I'm going to continue the conversation with our Creation Today partners. Uh, if you want to partner with us, please go to creationtoday.org. Otherwise, I'll see you guys next week. Thank you guys for joining us.